Our sermon text from today, for today is found in the book of Luke, the sixth chapter, starting at verse 32 through 34. That can be found in your black pew Bibles on page 1097, or it will be on the screen as you saw. Luke 6, 32 through 34. And I read in Jesus' name. If you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to get back the same amount. Here ends our reading. You may be seated. <coughs> Heavenly Father, be with me as I lead this time of prayer of study. Lord, guide my words that your words may come through. In your name we pray. Amen. So I, I want to back up a little bit. And while this portion of scripture doesn't use the word, the past portions kind of have, and, and I want to talk about that concept of the enemy or those who hate us, okay? That's a little bit of what we're talking about here. And do any of you remember from Pastor Joe's sermons what, when the scripture is talking about people who hate us or our enemies, what are they talking, what is scripture talking about there? Anyone remember? Well, that's a good review. So in American culture, when we think of people who hate us or people who are our enemies, we think about, you know, clashing, fighting, and you know, our nemesis, or this guy's got it out for me. He hates me. He, you know, everything is wrong. Everything is negative. Everything is, you know, they're out for my demise. But in Scripture, when or at least in the Greek, when this is used, it's not talking about that, that active hatred, but it's more of a, you know, I choose Linda, therefore I hate Janet. Okay? It's not that I really hate her, I just chose Linda. Therefore, others are hated. Does that make sense? It's, it's a, it's a non, non-favor. Okay, if you're, it's not an active, I'm out to get them, I'm out to see their demise, it's just, I'm favoring this one, and so everyone else is in that realm of enemy or hatred. They're, they're not my, my group, they're not my chosen. <coughs> not necessarily shunned. I have, I have nothing against Janet. Not gonna, I'm just giving all my favor to Linda and I'm not giving it to, to Janet. Therefore, I love Linda, and I hate Janet. But I'm not doing anything active against her. I'm not shunning her. I'm not, you know, hi, Janet! But Linda's my chosen. Does that make sense? It, that kind of helps us understand all these, you know, loving our enemies and, and loving those who hate us. It's not, it can be those who are looking for our demise, who are actively against us, but it can also be those that we just are 
ambivalent to. You know, we don't, we just don't show them our blessing. We don't show them our favor. We don't have to be against them. Does that kind of make sense with it? So as we move into this, this portion of scripture today, and we look at, you know, if you love those who love you, If I love Linda, I'm pretty sure she's going to love me back. Most days. You know, there's that, we're, we're pretty sure of that. And there's no risk in me loving someone who I know loves me. I can love my mom and dad. I can love m- most of my siblings. You know, <laughs> because we know we're going to get that love back. There's no, there's no risk. There's no threat. But what's the reward? Is there, I mean, there is a reward, but is it a great reward? I have students that I teach in, you know, in sixth grade who are, for all practical purposes, unlovable. Um, you know, I've have former students that I think of that just the thought of them makes me go, I don't want to do this. Rod, do you, do you remember some students like that that it's like, oh, I just, I don't want them in my class. I don't, you know. Yeah, they're, they're just unlovable. And so what do you do? I try to shower love on them. I just, everything I can I love you. You're okay. You're accepted. There's nothing you can do that will make make me not love you. And they resist. And they fight. And they, you know, nothing's going to come through. We had a student my first year down in Fairmont. Um, I think my first encounter with him was grabbing him as he ran by with his trombone case like a baseball bat chasing another kid down the hall. He was going to bean this other kid with his trombone case. And it just kind of went down from that, that point. Um, he threw a chair at a teacher. He slugged a teacher. He uh, just, you know, you name it. And this kid did it. And I tried to love him, you know, tried to do what I could. I, nothing would get through. Nothing would get through. During the next school year, I was out at Walmart shopping, and who, there he is, coming right down the aisle at me. <sighs> okay. With his mom, right? And we get up side by side, and he goes, Mom, mom, you know who this is? Like, what? I, I don't know that I want to know what you're going to say. This is my favorite teacher ever. He never gave up on me. And he is just my favorite teacher. Wow. When you love the unlovable and expect nothing in return, and then it comes through. We get that. I mean, there's a reward. You know, Linda came up to me at the grocery store one day and said, hey, I love you. I went, yep, thanks. 
I love you too, you know. And it was just, you know, it wasn't that same, wow, you know. Okay, and if you ever want to know, there is a story, actually I should, you know, be really impressed every time Linda tells me she loves me because that wasn't always the case. <laughs> so loving those who won't love you back in return, what is the value? Sometimes nothing. Sometimes you can't imagine the, the return that you get. Even sinners love people who love them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, have, have you watched a, a non-Christian express love to others? Yeah, they do. They love them. They, they have those feelings. We're human. Love is a human feeling. Even sinners can love people who love them. Can they love people who don't love them? That's where where it comes in. Verse 33, And if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. Um, Linda and I, in our life, have moved 20 times? 20 times in our married life. 20 different residences and things like that. And every time we found those people who love to serve and love to do things to help help us with the moving and things like that, right? Do you have people in your life that you can look back at and go, yeah, that's easy. You know, I would gladly help them because they have helped me in the past or they, they continue to help me. They, you know, we have that relationship that we work together. It's easy to do for those who do back. And then you come across those people who you give and give and give and give and you don't receive. Is there someone like that in your life? Is there somebody that just takes? Yeah. I think most of us know somebody like that. And it's hard to keep giving. It's hard to keep giving when you don't see a response back. Right? But what does Scripture, what does God call us to do? Yeah. It's easy to give to those who give back. It's easy to help those who help, help you because it's a mutual thing. We're buddies. This is what we do. But when someone just takes, then we struggle. At least I struggle with it. I don't want to keep giving. You know, Lord, how much? They just keep taking. They just drain me. What I always envision is that someone that I give and give and give and give to that I don't receive back will at some point turn around and give to someone else. I may never see that gift back, that giving back to me, but I can give to them that they can give to others. The pay it forward, you know, thought. I'll do it, and then they'll do it. Yeah. Um, a couple weeks ago, I 
pulled into McDonald's for breakfast on my way to school. And I saw the car in front of me. Um, there were a few school kids in the car. You know, so I'm, oh, they're probably on their way to school also. And got up to the window and, and um, the clerk said, you know, did you order this? And I said, yep. She goes, well, it's already been covered. It's already been given. They, the car in front of you paid for it. Oh, that's really special. I'm glad I, I ordered that extra muffin today. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it got a little bit extra out of it. And it, it, it was... And it was actually another teacher from school who was taking kids from, of a friend to school, so they weren't her kids. You know, so I was completely baffled until I got to school, and, and one of the kids came up and said, did you like your breakfast today? I'm like, okay, I thought that was you in the car. You know, and, and then I was able to think, well, a little later, <coughs> later in the week, I was pulling through. I happened to see that, you know, one of the people the person that got pulled in right behind me was my para from my classroom. So I want to pick up his breakfast too today. You know, and, and pay it forward. You know, and I had received this, I'll receive, I'll give forward. He ordered something cheaper, so we were good. <laughs> but that, that concept of, you know, we do not expecting people to do back for us in return. That's love. That's service. You know, sinners serve expecting to be served. But we're called to serve expecting nothing in return. And verse 34. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to get back the same amount. Well, in my experience, sinners lend to sinners expecting to get the same amount plus interest. But to lend to someone expecting to get nothing back in return. I can say in our life, um, we, had a, yeah, we had a time that was, I had to, you know, make contact and make sure it's okay. Um, there was a time that we were going through a really, really rough time. We were living down in Texas, and um, because of a number of different things, I had lost my position down there. Linda was teaching as a, as a teaching assistant. Yeah. So she was bringing in some finances, but not a lot. I picked up you know, a couple small jobs to bring in some finances, but... Stephanie was still in diapers and things like that, so expenses kept growing. And we didn't know what's going to happen. What, you know, what's going to happen? We're one paycheck away from having the bank foreclose on our house and whatnot. And we prayed. Linda prayed and prayed. Lord, you provide. You're faithful. You provide. And one Sunday, one of our members in co- at the church walked up and Linda said, you know, she was well known for her prayer life and Linda and she prayed and at the end she said, I've had this in my purse and I just didn't know what to do with it and pulls out an envelope and hands it to Linda. And it was a blank check 
and made out to us, signed, and said, do what you need. Like, okay. So we're talking about, it's like, God, you're providing, you know, how much, if we get this much, that'll cover the, all the debts for this week or for this month, you know, okay. And just as we were ready to fill out the check, the phone rang. It's the same lady, and she said, one stipulation. You need to, without touching your money, you need to cover all of at least one month's bills with that check. They were well to do, and they could cover that. At least one month's bills with that check without putting any of your money in so that you can get on your feet a little bit. How am I going to pay you back? I, I see no way that it can pay you back. She says, don't pay me back. Pay someone else. Years later, we're, we are in Milwaukee, and our next-door neighbor comes over and says, it was December, it's Christmas time, next-door neighbor comes over and says, we're not going to, we can't pay the bills. Okay? We had just, I think it was, my dad had just passed away or something, and we had gotten some money and said, you know, will this be enough to cover it? That, that's perfect, thank you. We gave him a check. Um, Christmas came, and all of a sudden, their kids are showing up. One of them got a brand new electric guitar. One of them got a, a laptop computer. Um, and Linda and I went, okay. But I didn't expect to get return, get money back. I didn't expect to be repaid. This was a gift to them. What they do with their gift is up to them. It's not up to me because it, it, I wasn't expecting money back. Therefore, I had no claim on what, how they used it. And I could remain friends with them because <laughs> I could give it up. You know? Scripture says, you know, sinners give and expect to get at least the same amount back. I've had those relationships. You know, if I borrow, borrow 10, you know, next time here's 10 back, whatever. You know, we've had those type of relationships. But also those types of relationships where you give expecting nothing in return. And when we do that, I'm no longer in debt to that person. That person has no control over me. And we can continue to be brothers and sisters in Christ because we're on the same level. But as soon as we have that expectation of, of being refunded or getting back, now there's a power struggle. Have you ever loaned money to someone and you don't necessarily expect it back, but they expect that they need to pay it back and they can't? And what happens when you see them in the store? You know, almost every, almost every conversation deals with something about how, yeah, we're, we're not even buying Kraft macaroni and cheese. We buy the cheap stuff. You know, we, we do this, we do... Everything all of a sudden is about money because there's this power of a feel of indebtedness versus freedom. 
when, when we have that burden, we can't be equals. We can't be brothers and sisters in, in ministry because one feels indebted to the other. But when we can take, the, take that off the table, here's a gift to you, nothing in return. Now we're still equals. And God gave us that gift. When he sent his son, he gave us a gift. Nothing in return. I can't do anything to earn it. But when I can pay it forward, when I can love others as he loved me, when I can forgive others because God forgave me, when I can give to the church, when I can do these things, it's a double blessing because I've received from God and now I'm able to give. Well, I'm not as long-winded as Pastor Joel. Are there any questions on this? Anything that didn't make sense? Because it doesn't all make sense to me. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, you give to us Everything we have comes from you. And Lord, sometimes we, sometimes we get this crazy idea that these are our things, but they're not. They're yours. And so, Lord, we ask that you would be with us and help us to always remember that what we give, whether it be time or service or money or love, Lord, we can do that because you loved us, because you gave to us, because you served us because you forgave us. And we're simply paying it forward. Lord, we pray that you would, would bless us in our activities. Lord, give us wisdom to know when to give, when to share, when to love. And sometimes love is, is tough. Help us know those times too. Lord, that through all things, you can be glorified and you can be lifted up for your son's sake. In his name we pray, amen.